0: Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches, fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of friends. I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. okay everybody i am super excited for today's episode because we are talking with victoria levitan victoria is a video marketing coach for small business owners who are ready to scale their business with video and turn their viewers into paying customers so victoria we're so happy to have you here today and i would love for you to just tell everyone a little bit about your own story how you got started what you do um, and just really give us a debrief on you and your business
1: well, thank you so much for having me, Courtney. I'm so excited to be um, with you today. And to give you a little bit of backstory about myself, uh, I'm going to take it way back. I'm actually originally from Switzerland. Um, what? I was-
0: this is super important
1: information. I feel like I should know. <laughs> so um, I always like to share that at the beginning because I feel like I give so much more context to my personality and my yeah. nature once people know that. Um, So I was born and raised in Switzerland, I'm half American, so I was able to move to the States, you know, with no problem. And so I start working um, at a bank in Switzerland, so I was in the finance world doing all the banking. Uh, fun stuff. Very uh,
0: stereotypical yeah. Swiss. Of me. I was just getting ready to say that sounds very stereotypical <laughs> Swiss banking industry.
1: Yeah, I felt like that was the path that I had to go on at the time. Um, and then three years in, I was like, actually, I want to move to America. So in 2009, I applied to colleges. I went to University of Nevada, Las Vegas, which again is another random choice. But I had family in Las Vegas, so it just felt like an easy fit. So I moved to Las Vegas and fell in love with hospitality. I actually studied meeting and event management and got into the rabbit hole of planning weddings and servicing weddings and all that stuff. But then by the time I got to graduating, um, I got a job out here in the Washington, D.C. area and started working for a catering company. And I just felt like I was on this path where this wasn't what it was meant to be for me. I've always been a very creative person. I've always wanted to run my own business. Um, I just didn't know exactly what that looked like. And originally when I moved to the States, I was literally sitting in my college dorm room in 2009, first semester. I was on Facebook uh, when Facebook was still really fun and cool. And uh, one of my friends, she was, she shared this YouTube video of someone that she liked. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm I'm bored in my room. I don't know anyone. So let me watch this video. And I just fell in love with YouTube. I, I fell in love with the platform. I just like really became obsessed with like following YouTubers. And I was like, I just felt so connected to them. And it, then took me several years to muster up the courage to start my own YouTube channel. And I actually originally started a blog first because I was too scared to go on camera. So I was like, let me start a blog first and see how this goes. And after a year of blogging in 2015, the blog just didn't take off as how I wanted it to. I didn't get the traction, the page clicks, all the things I didn't get the community that I wanted after a year of work putting um, into it. And I knew my heart was with video. So I started a like corresponding YouTube channel in 2016. And as soon as I started putting out YouTube videos, I got so much more response from people, so much more engagement. It also was just more fun for me. I could tell it was just a better natural fit for me because I didn't grow up you know, writing and speaking English all my life. So writing English, I can do it very well, but it not as well as like if I grew up here. And so just speaking into the camera was a lot easier for me. I also liked the personal connection of showing myself and being able to really feel like I'm with someone. And so I did my own YouTube channel for two years. And then as I was like more immersed in the DC like blogging network and I was meeting more photographers, I realized there was no one who taught entrepreneurs and small business owners how to use video in their business. Like how do you start filming YouTube videos? And I was like, well, I could be that person. I could be that local person to help businesses in this area. So I literally in 2018 reached out to a a local business friend of mine who owned a skincare brand and they had a YouTube channel and I I just emailed them and I was like, hey, if you ever need help with your YouTube channel, like these are the things that I think we could do together And that was my first client and we still work together today. And that's kind of how I got into it, got started. Now I coach entrepreneurs, how they can reach, keep and convert customers via their video content. And yeah, I'm just, I really love what I do.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. So I, first of all, I love that you took a passion and you actually you did something with it right i think that there's a lot to be said for that because i feel like that's where a lot of people get hung up you know we're stuck in these corporate nine to fives and that's how i got started too was you know i hated my job i wasn't feeling fulfilled and then i started to really evaluate you know what i loved doing and that's i was like okay how do i monetize this how can i actually make a business out of it um and so that's you know kind of similar to how i got started too um also totally side note random um my aunt lives in switzerland so i and she has a daughter um and so she She's half American, half Swiss. And so she also gets the option to like, hey, am I staying here? Or am I coming to the States? And so I was like, oh, this is what it's going to be like in the future for my cousin. <laughs> so I needed to chime in and say that because it is my absolute favorite country I've ever traveled to. Do you get to go home very often?
1: Um, I try to. Obviously, it's been more difficult recently, yeah. uh, but um, I've actually been twice in the last year. Mm -hmm. Um, so I try to go once a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, um, loved your story. Loved that backstory for us to kind of get an idea of, you know, where, where you came from and how you got our business started. And, you know, we all know that video has You know, been, and is becoming in our industry, just it's huge, right? It's something that is really starting to take the forefront of social media. Um, but I also know that like you had mentioned getting on camera can be nerve wracking for a lot of people. Um, you know, even for me sometimes, well, I'd say more when I first started my business, hopping on camera, was like really, really uncomfortable. I mean, now it's a lot, it's kind of like second nature at this point, but for a lot of us, it is something that is, you know, nerve wracking kind of anxiety inducing. So, you know, what are some tips for those who are nervous to get on on video or to dive into more video content for their business?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, I love Instagram stories. um, And I always tell people to start there because it's something that expires. It's very short. You can delete it immediately. And even if you don't want to post it, you could just like start practicing on Instagram stories. It's just a good medium to start talking into the camera. Um, But then more specifically, once you really want to start creating more long-form content, one of my favorite tips is to write an outline or at least a couple of talking points. And this can be as small as a post-it. I mean, I filmed plenty of videos where I just wrote three points on a post-it and called it a day. Um, You just need to have some specific things that you want to say. Then the confidence comes more because then you know what you're talking about. You know, okay, I want to make these three points. And then more technically speaking, one of the things I always do is I actually talk out loud before I start filming. So I warm up my voice. and it not only warms up my voice, but then I'm also kind of already formulating thoughts and ideas in my head of how I'm going to say it. even though, know, to be perfectly candid before this interview here, I was, you know on the way here. I was talking out loud in my car because I wanted to warm up my voice. I wanted to just be able to confidently, express myself and I think if you can just have even you know five minutes or two minutes of okay here's how I'm going to open the video here's what I'm going to say it just gives you so much more confidence and you're then you're less nervous going on camera
0: yeah. I love that. Actually, um, last week I had to record a bunch of video content for a project that we were working on. And that's exactly what I do is I don't necessarily, I mean, at this point, I don't need a full outline of what I'm going to talk about because, you know, I've done it enough times and I'm familiar with it, but I still do the post-its. I still do like the little bulleted, okay, I'm going to talk on this topic first, then this one, then this one, then this one. And I, it's easier for me to kind of roll off of that, but, like even for our podcast episodes like even for the solo episodes for example i mean for our interviews like we are here it's much more conversational it's easier to keep the conversation going but for solo episodes those were actually more nerve-wracking for me and that's not necessarily video but just with that same concept of i needed an outline something to reference as i was talking because it was just me speaking and not speaking to anybody in particular having a conversation so totally agree that's something that is has been super super helpful for me too
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, you know, something that I've started doing recently, and this is actually super recent within the past month is um, actually having a content batching day, basically Um, every single month. It's been really, really helpful for me just because I, with my schedule right now, it's a little different. um, You know, and I don't have a lot of time on my, my big work with me Wednesdays. If you guys follow on Instagram, you guys know that I come in and do that, but it can be hard to know where to start when you are beginning to batch film specifically. So what are the steps business owners can take to start batching? film in their business
1: so I think the most important part is getting as specific as possible and what I mean by that is getting specific on the topics you want to film so getting specific around what are you going to title this video like what is the angle here then obviously getting specific on the date and time that you want to film and then getting specific of when you actually arrive on that batch filming day how much time are you allotting for each video that you're going to film so let's say I'm filming four videos and I have, you know, an hour, I need to wrap up every single video within 15 minutes. So it's just about, you know, I always think about the Parkinson's law, like time expands as much time as you give it. So basically using a timer, I like using a timer um, or even just an internal clock in your head of like, okay, I only have, you know, 15 minutes, or even sometimes I like to, if I really want to push myself, I schedule my batch filming right before I have like a meeting or something, because then I know I have to get it done so that keeps me really on track and again going also going back to the outline getting specific with what you want to say in the video is going to be crucial so even if you have only you know 2 minutes before you go into recording like i'll just jot down some notes and sometimes that's even better for me because it's fresh in my head so then it comes out more naturally on camera so i just think getting really specific about researching the topics you want to talk about writing them down being like okay i'm going to film this video first then that kind of goes into this one then this one goes into that one and like i said just blocking it out is crucial
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And one thing that I've even done, um, is depending on what type of content I'm recording, if it's like face to camera or more of like a screen sharing situation, because for us, obviously we we do tech and systems. And so a lot of the times I'm recording, you know, trainings or tutorials on how to do something. Um, and so I even kind of, when I did my batching is okay, these videos are going to be face to camera. I know that I need to be, you know, presentable, you know, in terms of how I get myself ready for the day. Um, or Hey, you know, I can roll out of bed and maybe not have to, you know, look as presentable to get these done. And that also truly helped me, um, in terms of, you know, getting that stuff batched because I knew like, okay, I've, I've got a series of videos that I need to be you know, ready to go in. Um, even if that means like changing outfits or something like that, to make sure that the content is a little more evergreen and not ever, you know, looking the same in each one, that was something that helped me too, was just kind of indicating, okay, um, what do I need to look like? Also, and adding props list too, YouTube may be a little bit different, but like, for example, you know, if you're on social media and you're doing video reels on Instagram or for TikTok, you know, maybe you need props or something for whatever you're um, recording, which you still potentially could for depending on what you're recording for YouTube. But, um, a prop list was something that was really helpful for me too, that I had, um, worked with my team on making sure that we had for our content batching days
1: yeah, absolutely. And then um, again, like this just goes back to the planning. I think the planning is really important. And again, when you're thinking about the topics, okay, okay, what do I need to say or what do I need to physically have in order to make my point for each of those videos?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a huge part of what we do is always finding the why behind what we do in our business and the strategy behind it, right? We don't want to just be doing stuff because everybody else does it, you know, especially when it comes to like social media and content marketing, it's, you know, there's Instagram and TikTok and podcasts and YouTube. Um, So what are some of the strategy steps business owners can take to really evaluate whether or not video marketing will serve them in their own business?
1: a great question so i think one of the things you want to look at is do you feel like you're having enough one-on-one conversations with people in your audience because i think video is a fantastic way to personally connect with your audience without actually being in person um and so if you feel like you are kind of like the best kept secret like you're pushing out content and you just don't feel like enough people are aware of you, enough people really get you or get what you do. I think video is a fantastic way to start incorporating in your business. Um, So, you know, if you feel like, oh, I'm not getting responses or engagement or no one's responding back to my email newsletter or no one's getting into my DMs, maybe you should start incorporating video because people really do want that personal connection. People do really care about, you know, your coffee order from Starbucks as normal as it sounds, but people want to feel like they have a connection with you. And I think video is one of the greatest ways to build that connection and nurture relationships.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really good point because even when I'm paying attention to people and, you know, in the social media space, um, I love seeing like the kind of personal behind the scenes stuff. I don't know why, I guess maybe it is that connection piece of, you know, you're building that no like trust factor, you know, with that person developing that relationship. But then it was like on the flip side for me, when it would come to video content, I rarely shared the personal or the behind the scenes. Like it was something that I just really didn't think to do, you know, on the business side of my social media. Um, but I also like kind of had to put into perspective, like that's what I enjoy seeing with people. I, you know, I love seeing the business stuff too, but I love seeing like the behind the scenes of their day to day and like how they, you know, the real life stuff. I think a lot of people are kind of navigating away from that curated content and wanting to see more authenticity in the, in content marketing and video marketing and social media space. And I, so I think that, um, there's something to be said for that too. Like you just mentioned with those connectivity pieces.
1: Yeah. And I think you, you also have to keep in mind is when a customer pays to work with you, they're going to work with you like in some capacity, like one-on-one or, you know, they'll mm-hmm. be on a coaching call with you. Like you'll have some face-to-face with them. So why shouldn't you have some face-to-face with them before they start working with you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I also too wonder, like, do you have recommendations in terms of repurposing content? So, you know, do you recommend maybe um, starting with video and then repurposing that into, you know, blog posts or anything of that nature or starting with content and then and migrating it back towards the video content? Do you have any recommendations in terms of repurposing? Because obviously, you know, we're systems people, we love efficiency and productivity. So how can we make, you know, the best use of our time? And so do you have recommendations in terms of repurposing content?
1: Absolutely. So for example, if you have been blogging, um, I would go through your uh, best blog posts and start creating a video and then adding that to the blog post. So that's an easy thing to just also boost its SEO because it's already doing really well for you. Um, And then in terms of like repurposing videos, I love to obviously put my videos on YouTube, but then, you know, doing a teaser trailer for your social media or even putting them in an email newsletter or like for example, I've done a, uh, quite a few uh, live free workshops and then I'll just put them on YouTube and put them as part of like my welcome sequence funnel and my email list. So there's different ways that you can repurpose the videos that you've used and then just put them like on a platform where you then can share them with like a specific audience yeah, that's kind of where I would get started.
0: Yeah. I love that too. Cause I think a lot of us, you know, service-based businesses or coaches or course creators, we always have some type of like evergreen free video content that we've done at some point in time, whether it's a free training, a live training that was recorded, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, how can we take what we've already done and repurpose it and reuse it to still benefit our business instead of, you know, reinventing the wheel every single time. Um, we actually just yesterday, one of my team members, we created inside of our ClickUp space, um, like a training hub where we have basically organized all the internal and external trainings that we have done for, um, whether it's coming in and doing like a summit or like having trainings internally, if people had said, you know, Hey, can you come speak to my team or whatever that is? And we've saved them so that we can, like you just mentioned, repurpose them in some form or fashion, because we hadn't been, and we have this huge plethora list of all this video content that is just been sitting there gathering dust. Um, and so I think there's some excellent ideas in terms of how we can take what we've already Had and be efficient with it and repurpose and reuse. So. Absolutely. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but this will be real quick. So we all know that the legal side of your business can be daunting. So I wanted to share with you guys a quick solution you can legally use to protect your business with ease. So my friends over at Coaches and Company have created lawyer approved plug in and play templates specifically for online coaches and business owners. If you know you've been building a business on a shaky legal foundation, it's really time for an upgrade. They have legal contracts for one-on-one coaching, group coaching, digital courses and products, and so many more. All you have to do is go to their shop in the link below in the show notes and check it out. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. So when it comes to actually making a YouTube channel, we all know that social media, Instagram, TikTok's been big. And I think I mean, I guess maybe too, I'm speaking from my own personal um, use and preference. I haven't really dove into YouTube. And so if you were to say what would be some common mistakes that people make when they're creating their YouTube channel, what would you say those are?
1: I think uh, two that always jump out at me and that hurt me inside a little bit every time I see them um, is uh, when people don't put keywords with their videos because that is for search engine optimization. So. Literally every single video that you have on YouTube should have keywords with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other thing is utilizing the description box well. So making sure that you link to your website and your offers and your social media and that you have a little bit of copy in there, that you give the viewer something that they can go to after they've watched your video. I think those are the two most common mistakes that I see. Um, And then also uh, just from a technical perspective, I do always recommend having a custom thumbnail and you can do something very simple in Canva, but I definitely always recommend creating a thumbnail image for it, as well as making sure that you title the video in a way that a searcher is gonna search for it. So sometimes I see part one, this series, (laughs) and part two, that series, and that's great. You can certainly have that as part of the element of a video Mm -hmm. topic but it needs to be more specific on like, what are you actually talking about in this video that the person is searching for?
0: Right. Yeah. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. Um, and you know, social media, it's constantly changing and evolving. And I feel like we're in this constant rat race of trying to keep up with Instagram and you know, all the new trends. So, you know, with that being said, there's been an evolution in social media, you know, even like over the past year alone, right. Not just, I can't even touch on the past five years, how much things have changed, but How do you see video evolving in social media space and in the near future and maybe specific to YouTube, how you see YouTube evolving um, or what direction that would potentially head for users?
1: So I don't think that short form content is going anywhere. It's kind of the norm now. I do think that even like personally speaking for me, I'm kind of sick of the short reels and TikTok videos to a certain extent because they are on autoplay. I don't choose to watch them when I go into my feed. So I think there's going to be a trend of wanting more long form content and long form content can be five minutes. I'm not talking about an hour, but it can be, you know, longer than 15 seconds. And so I think there's just a want for a authentic point of view, for a real opinion, for something where, you know, I'm not against following trends in terms of like fun, entertaining things on reels or TikTok. Those are fun and, you know, fun to do. uh, But I don't think I've ever come across a client who, you know, booked with me because they liked my reel. Like that might have gotten them into the window, into the door of, oh, let me learn more about this person. But then it's actually more the long-form content where you can really, you know, share more about what you do and just have a space for it. So I think that's the trend. Um, Obviously YouTube is a great long-form content platform, but I mean, you can just use long-form content anywhere now. So I just think that that's really where the trend is going because honestly, that's what I'm craving too. I want more deeper conversations. And like I said, I love watching a reel, but then once I've watched your reel, I'm like, okay, where can I actually have a real conversation with you? And I think that's what people are craving. Again, going back to that personal connection.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think too, a lot with like the reels or TikTok trends is that it's the same trend that people are repurposing, if that makes sense. So you're seeing the same type of content, just repurposed in different fashions for different types of industries or services or products, whatever that looks like. And I think it gets to the point where we kind of become like, I wouldn't say numb to it, but it's kind of like if I were to like sit down on the couch and watch or like turn on a TV show or movie I've already seen just to have on his background noise, it's not drawing my attention, right? I'm not actually listening or paying attention or absorbing to what I'm watching or what I'm hearing. Um, you know, I think the only time, that I've really started to pay attention to a reel at this point is when it's not an actual like audio or like um trends type of reel. It's where somebody actually just come on and speaks on a topic that they are, you know, a quote unquote expert in. Um, and, you know, I do, I would say be more likely to pay attention to those, but even in an aspect where you said, where maybe it's like a teaser that leads them to a more long form video, like on YouTube, I would say that for me is something that I would be more inclined to, to paying attention and listening to myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that um, even I had a client one time specifically work with me because she wanted to learn how to do more long-term content because it was just kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, it's, it's everywhere now, which is great. Obviously, I'm a video marketing coach. I love that video is everywhere. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I still also want to have valuable content where I, I have that, you know, authentic uh, point of view come through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And on our team, you know, our favorite platform is obviously ClickUp and we're all about, you know, tech and systems and we couldn't function without it. And it's where we even plan out all of our content and our marketing that we currently do. So what are some of your favorite business platforms or tools or softwares that you would recommend for video marketing specifically?
1: So I've already touched on Canva. I always recommend Canva just yes. because it's free and it has tons of templates for thumbnails and for your YouTube banner, any any social media needs. And uh, in terms of video editing, I always get the question of what, what should you use for editing? I always recommend a free software. I used iMovie for years before I ever invested in a paid program. And the reason why I always recommend a free program first is because you want to get really comfortable with it before you start investing in something that might be a little bit more advanced because you're just gonna confuse yourself. (laughs) Um, And then I personally love using Loom videos. I like to record personalized videos through Loom. So that's what I use in my personal business all the time. And even sometimes when I do screen recordings, I just use Loom. And then one thing that I use on my phone all the time is voice notes. So sometimes when, because obviously when you're filming videos, you're talking into a camera, so it's a lot of talking. So sometimes I get an idea and I'll just voice note it to myself. So I've just found that to be really helpful because in the moment something, you know, a light bulb will go off, and I'm like, oh, let me say this because this sounded really good, <laughs> and I can reference it back when I'm writing my uh, video outlines.
0: Yeah, I actually do that with my team sometimes, uh, just because like I said, my schedule's a little different right now because I'm still kind of transitioning back in, um, after having my son, but I will get an idea and I will, um, Slack has a voice memo, um, option. And so I will record a voice memo to my team so that I don't forget it, but I, I kind of do a download of what I'm thinking. And then we add that to our meeting agenda. So then we can brainstorm on that idea together. Um, but I do, I kind of get like shiny objects and I'm like, Oh crap, this is an excellent idea idea and then I need to be able to 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 find a way to kind of download and digest what I'm I'm thinking. But I love being able to have, you know, get feedback from my team too. Just, you know, more brains is better than one. So we do the same. Um and then I guess you had mentioned um, iMovie for the free version of video editing. Maybe for people that have dabbled in iMovie and they're ready to graduate to the next level. Do you have an option that you recommend for a paid video editing tool?
1: Yeah. So I personally use Final Cut Pro. And I liked it because it was basically just, uh, it had a similar layout to iMovie. So if you're already familiar with iMovie, mm-hmm. I recommend Final Cut Pro. Um, I also use the Adobe Suite uh, for Photoshop and Lightroom. I don't use um, their editing app, but it's just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a ton of great YouTube videos that teach you how to use all these uh, platforms. So, but I, I love Final Cut Pro.
0: Okay. Perfect. Awesome. And then uh, one last question, you know, if you had one general, I'd say tip or piece of advice for somebody that's getting ready to get started in video marketing, what would you recommend What's your piece of advice?
1: I think what you say is more important than how it looks. Cause I see so many people get caught up in uh, the perfectionism and I certainly do as well at times. Yeah. I,
0: I would be that way.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's what holds people back the most. And I think as long as you know what you're going to say, It doesn't matter how it looks. So if you want to record videos on your phone, that's fantastic. I mean, the phones these days have great cameras. So there shouldn't be anything that really holds you back. And just be clear about what you want to say. Start out with something really easy, like a frequently asked question, where you feel really confident answering that question quickly, you know, so I think that's a great place to start.
0: Amazing. That's a really good piece of advice because even too like just with general, like my general social media content, video content for that, I feel myself procrastinating, so to speak, because, you know, it's hard for me um, at home either by myself or with my son to get that content recorded and I'm constantly you know, pausing because I'm like, okay, this isn't going to look right. Or it's not going to sound right. Or I can't get a good angle because I'm trying to record it myself or, and then I just don't record the content and it doesn't get done. Um, and so I think that's a really, really good reminder. but like for type a people like myself that are like, okay, we're perfectionists at heart and we want to put, you know, good stuff out there, but that's not to say that just because it doesn't look perfect, that it's not delivering a valuable message that people still want to digest and learn from. I think of anything that you could have just said, that's, that was beautiful because I'm right. Right there. That, that is me. You are speaking directly to me. I feel <laughs> awesome. Well, Victoria, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Um, you know, if anybody's interested in working with you, how do we get in touch? What are your services? Or do you have anything that you're currently maybe getting ready to release or launch that we need to be knowing about? How does anybody get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so the best way to get in touch with me is to go to uh, Victoria Levitan slash resources. And I believe we'll have that linked in the show notes as well. So that kind of lists out yeah. everything. Um, my you know free YouTube jumpstart guide, as well as all the services that I offer. I work one-on-one with clients through uh, VIP days and intensives. Um, and then I also run a group coaching program a couple times a year uh, where there's a wait list open. So um, yeah, I think that's the best place to get in touch with me um, if you're looking to work with me.
0: Awesome, amazing. And, and like she just mentioned, um we will be linking everything for you guys in the show notes. So if you are interested in working with Victoria um, or downloading um, her Jumpstart guide, we'll have that in the show notes for you. And so we're gonna go ahead and roll into our rapid fire questions, um, which if you guys listen to our guest episodes, we do this every single episode just to kind of little fun, get to know um our guest a little bit better. So Victoria, are you ready for your questions?
1: I think I am. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay, here we go. What is your favorite meal? If you were to have your last meal, what would it be?
1: I think it would be German spätzle, which is a uh something that my grandma and my mom always make and my uh, my German mom, she's from a specific area in Germany where spätzle is like their dish. Um so it would be very carb heavy. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Bring on all the carbs. I'm right there with you. I love carbs. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. And then what is your favorite TV show you're currently binging?
1: Well, I have to go with Gilmore Girls because that is uh, my ride or die. Um, (laughs) I have watched Gilmore Girls so many times. I don't even want to admit this publicly. Um, Mm -hmm. It was definitely one of the main reasons I wanted to move to America. Um, And I love drinking coffee. (laughs)
0: Hey, I've got a coffee right here. I think it's my second one this morning already, but I feel like we all have those shows that we've like seen them all the way through. And then we just rewatch them over and over again, because it's kind of like they hold sentimental, like value to us. And it's more so like Oh, like if I want to feel happy, I'm just going to turn on friends and watch friends on repeat for the rest of the day. You know, I I could, I could say an episode of friends forward and backwards, you no know, matter what episode it is, um, but I will still continue to watch it.
1: Yes, totally.
0: <laughs> Love that. Okay. And then what is, I would say, what is your dream travel location? You lived in mine. So what is your dream travel location?
1: Uh, I think right now it's Greece. I've never been to Greece. I've had some friends go there and it just looks mm-hmm. stunning.
0: So I am dying to go to Greece. I have been to Greece. So that place, I will echo that. It is beautiful. And they have really, really great food. But I think that's one of my favorite things when I go to travel is like, I'm here for the food, you know, (laughs) truly (laughs) when I, especially when I went to Italy, like Italian food is just, yeah. I mean, authentic Italian food is just so phenomenal. Like, I always explained it to somebody whenever I was eating in Italy, I feel like I could actually taste ingredients, you know, whereas I sometimes feel like when you're eating here, it's just like, okay, this all tastes the same. And I mean, it has flavor, but like you can taste that it's not real, right? And that's what I love about when you're traveling is just experiencing all the good food. That's my favorite part. Well, one of them at least. Yeah, same. (laughs) Um, And then, are you currently reading a book?
1: Yes, I am. Um, I'm actually reading uh, Meaty by Samantha Irby. She's Mm -hmm. a nonfiction writer. She is hilarious. I literally start crying when I read her books. Uh, I recommend all of them, uh, but I'm currently reading Meaty.
0: Okay. And then what is your favorite part about being a business owner?
1: I like having the flexibility uh, in my schedule and that every day is different.
0: Yeah. I have flexibility in my schedule. I think it's been my favorite thing. Like by far the past five years, just being able, Hey, if I need to go run an errand or if I have an appointment, it's no problem. Just hop and go do it. I think that was like one thing in nine to five that I just couldn't stand. Like, ah, oh, we're adults and we still can't live by a schedule that we need to live by. It's just mind blowing to me. So that's absolutely my favorite thing too. So, um, and then last question, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Oh, that's easy. I wanted to be a singer. <laughs>
0: I, nice.
1: I was really in love with Britney Spears. It was like that time, you know. It was like I wanted yeah. to be a pop oh, yeah. singer. I want to dance. I want to sing. I mean, I still want to do that, honestly, but you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can still remember. I have two sisters and I can still remember like when we were younger dancing to baby one more time in our bedroom, like we had this whole choreographed dance, um, Britney Spears and then spice girls. Like I was sporty spice. One of my my sister was baby spice. Like we were, you know, each one of the spice girls, but yeah, I'm right there with you. I think we all had that moment too, (laughs) when we were younger. (laughs) Awesome. Well, like I said, Victoria, it was such a pleasure getting to chat with you today. Thank you so much for, you know, just your expertise in video marketing, especially for people even like myself who we really haven't dabbled into that is invaluable. um, what you brought to the episode today. Um, and so, like I mentioned, guys, if you're interested in working with Victoria, everything is linked in the show notes for you and Victoria, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so
1: much for having me, Courtney. It's been a pleasure.
0: Yeah. Okay guys. And then if you want to join us for next week, we will be hopping into a solo episode. So we will see you guys on our next episode. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again. And I can't wait to see you next week.